Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. Maybe something has come up in your Bible reading that you have questions about or that you'd like more information on or a little help understanding. We'd love to talk with you about that. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Again, that text number is 720-336-0897. We'd also love to hear from you if you have a prayer request. We have a whole community of people tuning in, listening, and we can all agree and say amen um, for your prayer requests. So give us a call or text us with your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you on the air. Or if you maybe have something going on in your life that you would like to know, you know, does the Bible say something about that? And what, what does it say? And we'd love to discuss that with you here on Calvary Live. We want to say welcome to those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. Just this past weekend here in Longmont, uh, we did our big city festival, which is called Rhythm on the River, right here on the banks of the St. Vrain River in uh, Longmont. And we had Grace FM come out for it. And there are so many people who um, had heard of the station, but also many who hadn't. And with those who hadn't, you know, a lot of them were surprised to hear that the station broadcasts all the way from Cheyenne, Wyoming, down to Colorado Springs. So wherever you're tuning in from today... Um, here in Colorado along the Front Range. We're so glad that you have tuned in. Uh, we also want to say hello to those of you who are listening on the East Coast. We're so happy that we're syndicated on two different locations on the East Coast. So one is uh, on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Quite a few people tuning in over there. And we're also now syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So welcome to those of you listening on Hope FM and those of you listening on Truth FM. Just a quick reminder for those of you listening on those two stations on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, you, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay, which means uh, what you're hearing is what broadcasted a week earlier. But what that means is that you can call in, and you can still call in. We'd love to talk to you and pray for you and answer your questions and field your prayer requests. And then you get to tune in a week later and listen to yourself on the radio, and you can tell your friends, and you can hear how strange your voice sounds when you hear it on the radio. And... Uh, so also, we want to give a big hello to everyone who listens online. We know there's so many of you who listen on the, um, on the mobile app and on the website. So if you don't have that mobile app yet, you should go get it. It's Grace FM uh, mobile app. You can just, you know, whatever app store you use, you can just type it in there on uh, the search engine and it should pull up Grace FM. And 
then you can download that and you can listen to it wherever you are. I, I know that we have some of our listeners who listen in California over the mobile app and on the website, so you can tune in on gracefm.com anytime uh, you'd like to listen online if you sit at a computer while you work or anything like that. So welcome to the program, however you tuned in today. Again, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself. I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a church in Longmont, Colorado, that loves Jesus and loves to study the Bible, loves to worship. And so our church gathers at 700 Longs Peak Avenue in downtown Longmont. And if you're curious where that is, we are in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is a historic building in downtown Longmont, right one block west of Main Street, on the northwest corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak. So we're right on the edge of Roosevelt Park, which is a city park here in Longmont. And uh, again, the St. Vrain Memorial Building, 700 Longs Peak Avenue, northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. And we meet there at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings to worship the Lord, to take communion, and to study His Word. And right now we are studying verse by verse through the book of Romans, Paul's letter to the Romans. It's just been an incredible study and one that we look forward to continuing. We're going to be picking up in chapter 6 is our next study in which we talk about how we have died to the person we were apart from Christ and we have been raised to new life in him. Therefore, we should be dead to sin and alive to Christ because of the power that is within us uh, because of his Holy Spirit who he's placed in us. So just great stuff, great content that we're studying right now in Romans, and uh, we'd love to have you join us. So if you're in Longmont or you're in um, any of the surrounding communities like Lyons, uh, Berthoud, Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, um, Lafayette, Erie, North Boulder, we'd love for you to come and visit us. We had someone last week who scolded me for not mentioning Niwot. So if you're in Niwot, we'd love for you to come too. I always think of Niwot as, uh, as part of Longmont, but I guess it is its own separate town. But anyway, uh, again, our website, for those of you who want to check us out online, is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. You can also hear me every weekday on uh, Grace FM. We have a show that airs at 2.30 p.m. called Life in the Field, which is a reference to how we live our lives in God's mission field. So weekdays at 2.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings we're also on at 10 a.m. So let's go to our callers. We've already got some calls in. Let's go to Jay in Denver, Colorado. Hey, Jay, welcome to the program. Doing well. What's up? Uh, I just had a prayer request. Um, I got in trouble with the law yesterday and uh, just kind of concerned about what's going to happen. I just really don't want to screw up things with with my family. And uh, just don't want to be taken away from my wife and... Okay. It's a prayer. Absolutely. Well, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Jay. And um, Lord, it sounds like he's in a really kind of at the end of himself. And sometimes, Lord, that's the exact place where uh, you meet us in the most powerful ways. And Lord, I pray that that would be the case with Jay as uh, he's come to the end of himself, as he's kind of at the end of his rope. Lord, I pray that you would meet him in that place. That as he's fallen down, Lord, that you would catch him, that you'd hold him tightly. And Lord, whatever happens in this situation with the law, Lord, that truly this would be the the beginning of a new walk with you and a, and a turning point in his life. 
Lord, we pray, we know that you're a redeeming God, and we pray that you would use even this difficult situation, uh, Lord, not only for your glory, but for Jay's good, and the ultimate good of him and his family. Lord, we pray for his family, Lord, that you would take care of them. And, and Lord, we pray that if this is a situation in which, uh, Lord, you will be merciful to Jay and you'll, you'll show him grace and mercy, Lord, that he wouldn't um, take it for granted. We remember those, uh, beg- well, we remember the lepers, the 10 lepers who came to you, Jesus, and, and they begged to be healed and you healed them. Uh, but only one of them had uh, the memory to come back and thank you for healing him. So I pray that no, no matter what happens, Lord, if you show Jay mercy in this situation um, and uh, give him grace in this, Lord, I, I pray that that he would be like that one leper who returns and says thank you, that he wouldn't take it for granted or take it as something that's normal or natural because mercy isn't a normal, natural thing. So, we, Lord, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. And we thank you that you're a God for whom this isn't a, a situation that's over your head. It feels like it's the end of uh, Jay's rope. But, Lord, we know it's not uh, something that you can't work in and work through. So, Lord, I pray for him. I pray for his family. Lord, I pray if it's in your will that you would keep them together. But, Lord, that we do say like Jesus said, Uh, not my will, but your will be done. We hand ourselves into your hands knowing that you're faithful and that you do what is right. So Lord, I pray for Jay that you would hold him, that you give him confidence in you. And Lord, if it's in your will, I pray that you would show him mercy in this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Absolutely, Jay. Thanks for calling in. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts live on the air today. Let's go to Danny in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Danny. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Nick. How you doing? Doing great. What's up? Question. uh, I was just wondering what your thoughts were on, um, you know, if there is a, let's say, uh, a church um that is kind of leading in Christian music and yet they're teaching heresy or teaching you know their their main you know the worship leaders are critical comments and things like that you know should you not should you have anything to do with their music? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. The question really comes down to the idea of can you separate the music from the person who's writing the music? You know, I, I know this is a question that's come up several times in discussions that I've had, and we even got some questions last week regarding some different uh, some, you know, some different groups that put out worship music, but yet their pastors or their worship leaders have said things or believe things that they don't agree with. I'll tell you my personal stance on this is I do think that you can separate the music and the song from the person who wrote it. And uh, I think that God can use flawed vessels uh, to do to do good things. I think we see examples of that throughout the Bible. And I think that if you look through Christian history, too, you can see that God used flawed people uh, to do things in spite of those people. But he did things to bless people and to get his work done and um and so i think that you can separate the person uh, the messenger from the message let's put it that way i think you can do that so 
Is there anything specific that you're referring to, Danny? Well, I just I didn't want to be, you know, saying names and stuff like that uh, over the air and everything. Um, okay. But uh, I guess then my second question is, you know, how do you, seeing in scriptures, you see, you know, um, someone, you know, I guess how to, you know, okay, what if it was personal? What if it was somebody you knew and they, you know, a brother or sister in Christ and they're, you know, speaking these things? I mean, you know, you have places in the Word where it says to avoid them uh, yeah. or if they don't have the same message, if it's not, you know, if they're, not, if, they're not, if they're teaching what's, you know, not scriptural or doctrinal, mm-hmm. then to not have to rebuke them in love, right, or, or address them in love, rather, and then if not, then have nothing to do with them. It's right. that, you know, I guess I'm trying to understand, like, you know, if how do you treat somebody if if they're teaching that? I mean, you can treat them with love, but then they're deceiving the flock. You know, it's, um, yeah. you know what I mean? No, yeah, so there's a couple thoughts I have on this. You know, I think about Ephesians uh, chapter 4 that talks about, um, ex- I'm sorry, yeah, it's Ephesians chapter 4. It talks about exposing the deeds of darkness and bringing them into the light. So I think there's something to be said for that. I think, excuse me. Uh, we have an example with the Apostle Paul calling out the Apostle Peter in Galatians chapter 2. You remember where he tells the story of how they had, how Peter was kind of acting like a hypocrite. And um, and Peter, or sorry, Paul called him out in front of other people. And so I think that there is a time and a place for that. I think it has to be done in love. I think it has to be done as family. And that's really what you need to differentiate, right, is... Um, Okay, so what are the points in which we're talking about disagreements? And what's the point in which we're actually talking about heresy? And I think that that is a really big question, and it's it's not often an easy question. And so one of the things you have to differentiate is, what is the difference between a primary doctrine and a secondary doctrine? Okay, so primary doctrines are the things about which we cannot have disagreement. Like, because if you just don't agree on these points, you're not a Christian. You know, these are the things like the way of salvation. Are you saved by works or are you saved by uh, what Jesus, Jesus's works? Are you saved by your own works or by Jesus's works? You know, things like the Trinity, uh, things like the person and character of God, things like I, I would put the scriptures in there. Now, there are a lot of people who would have uh, differing opinions on other matters that we would call secondary matters. And maybe you've heard the old saying, you know, that it says that in primary things, we must have unity. In secondary things, there must be charity. And in all things, there must be love. Or sorry, in secondary things, there must be liberality or there must be freedom. And then in, in all things, there must be charity or love. So the idea with that is that we differentiate between the things which are absolutely, they're non-negotiables. They're hills that we, will, we are willing to die on. And then we have other things that we're willing to discuss as family. And so, for example, like people might have different views on the end times. Now, I might right. think that somebody's wrong, but that doesn't mean that they're a heretic, right? I have so an, I, have a, I have an example, a specific example. Okay. So, so let's say someone says, well, I just can't believe as a Christian that, you know, God 
you know, that, that essentially Noah's Ark happened and that God, you know, um, you know, had Noah load a, a massive boat with tons of animals and all of that. Let, let's say somebody said that. Okay. I mean, to me, if you were to ask me, and, and from what I see, that that's heretical, because that means if you can't believe that, and you 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 um, tell others, you know, you're telling going around telling others who you know, other believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, this, and it also means that you should be questioning the rest of God's word, because at what point do we draw the do you draw the line? You know, if you're going to question what God's word actually teaches, which is you know, then that means, okay, then that means you can question how we get to heaven. And, mm-hmm. you know, that Jesus is, you know, whatever. You can sit, I mean, how far does that go, you know, in, in my mind, right? Yeah, um, no, I, I get what you're saying. I understand it's a slippery slope, you know. Um, I think when you're talking about Genesis chapters 1 through 11, this is what we call uh, proto-history or, you know, uh, prehistory. And that's that's actually what it's called in you know, seminary terms, theological terms. They're specifically Genesis one through eleven is treated as one category. It's basically the origins of the of the world. It's the origin stories. And uh so now while I am in agreement with you and I fully do believe that there it, that Noah had that that was a real thing that happened and that the animals I believe it's literally true. Uh, there are other people who would say that they still believe the Bible, but they believe those things are are maybe not completely 100% literally true. That gets into a question of genre and, you know, is this a genre which is meant to be taken literally? Now, I do believe that it is, but my question for you would just be this. Is it a damnable heresy? Let's put it that way. Is this is this something which is going to... Um, be damnable like is this an issue a right. salvation issue over which we can have disagreement and still call each other brothers or is this and and we can have a discussion kind of like as family members as brothers and sisters and say hey look as a brother hey i want to level with you on this and and you can use your logic and say hey if you don't take this literally hey then then you're basically cutting the branch that you stand on because if this isn't literal, then how can you take anything else literally? You're making yourself arbitrator over what is literal and what is not. And that is a very dangerous thing to do. I would make that same exact argument. But here's where I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go and say that that person's a heretic and that you need to cut off fellowship with them. So I think that we really need to be clear about what we say are primary issues and what are secondary issues. And when we have primary issues, those are things that we cannot negotiate on. Like the person of Jesus. Right. This is why like, we don't consider Mormons to be Christians. We don't consider Jehovah's Witnesses to be Christians. Um, but we might consider you know, like other Christian denominations to be Christians who are different than us. And the reason is you know, somebody might have a different view of baptism than I do. You, know, you sometimes right. have people who uh, believe in some sort of evolutionary process like theistic evolution. Now, I don't, but I, I am... I do think that's a secondary issue. That is not a salvation issue. And I agree with you. It's a slippery slope. Like you can follow that into a uh, a conclusion that leads you to question the whole of the scriptures. So it is a little bit dangerous. But I think that we can have those conversations as family. I guess that's what I'm saying. And I think right. that we can have what we might call a generous orthodoxy 
where we say, okay, I have, uh, I, I strive to be very orthodox, but yet I do understand the difference between primary and secondary doctrines, and I can still be, still call someone a brother who might disagree with me on a secondary matter. Right. Can I, can I ask you one more question? And this is in reference to, um, what if someone says that we believe that Muslims and Christians believe in the same God? What now I would say. Yeah, I would say that's a primary issue. I don't think. Okay. I think I that's so. pretty clear. That's what I've talked about a second ago when I said we talk about the, um, what do you call it, the, the character of God. And right. so, um, yeah, we have to look at the characteristics that they believe about God and the characteristics that we believe about God. They do not believe in a triune God. They do not believe in a personal God. They, it's a very different uh, God right. that they believe in. So. Right. Okay. And, okay. And what, what if we go back to that, that using that? So, so you're saying separate the music from the person, and if it's glorifying God, then we're good. Right? Yeah, so one of the questions I got recently was, um, you know, regarding, I'll just say it, you know, in case this is who you're thinking of, but, you know, Joel Houston came out recently and said that he, he doesn't believe in, um, you know, a lot of the things in Genesis being um, literal. And a lot of people are like, well, then should we have anything to do with Hillsong music? And I, again, I think that whether or not Joel Houston believes in Genesis being literal, um, you know, he, he's written some great songs that are glorifying to Jesus. And is, I, I don't have to agree with his stance on the, you know, uh, first 11 chapters of Genesis in order to sing those songs of praise to Jesus as prayers from my own heart. So I do think that we can separate those things uh when it comes to uh like for example though i heard that he has one song that actually does speak about uh you know primates evolving into human beings at least this is what i heard i haven't i haven't read these lyrics myself but in that case then i would say well then i'm not going to sing that song so right yeah okay. awesome all right thank okay. you Pastor Nick. god bless you danny all right bye-bye you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Hey, before we go to our next caller, I want to tell you about a really cool outreach that we're doing at Whitefields and a way that you can be involved even if you're not part of our church. It's called Project Back to School. So just a little history on this. Our church has um, a history for years of doing outreach to uh, children and caretakers in the foster system. And just let me give you some quick statistics on foster system because here's the thing that we've come to realize uh, in our church and our community and this was brought to our attention by some people in our church community is that children and caretakers in the foster system really form what we would call an at-risk people group within our own communities uh, so for example in in almost every case in which these children end up in foster care it's because of some unsuitable home environment which often includes things like violence neglect drugs, crime, etc. And these environments not only result in trauma for the kids, but they also tend to result in or be associated with poverty. And many foster care situations are also kinship care, which means a child's cared for by a relative, which often means a financial burden. For example, if you have someone like an elderly person on a fixed income who takes in grandchildren or cousins or nephews or whatever that might be. So poverty 
is a big factor in this. Crime, abuse, those kinds of things are big factors in this. And also, uh, poverty has a profound impact on a child's mental and physical well-being. So, for example, children in the foster care system have a six times higher rate of dropping out of school. Six times higher. And then that correlates with later on in life, further poverty and other things associated with that. So, like, Adults without a high school diploma are four times more likely to be unemployed and live in poverty, which means they raise their children in poverty and their children likely raise their children in poverty. So we have what we would call a cycle of poverty, which can go on for generation and generation. In other words, poverty affects education, which affects poverty. And one of the ways that we can help kids break out of this cycle is by encouraging them to stay in school. And one of the ways that we can do that is by helping them have the things that they need in order to be confident and excited about going to school so they can succeed in life and break out of poverty. And, you know, Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, he said, uh, be salt and light, be a city on a hill, let your light so shine before people. But then he said, you know, let uh, your light so shine before people that they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So one of the ways that we try to do that at our church in Whitefields is that we partner with uh, the local health and human services departments in Boulder, Weld, and Adams counties here in Colorado. And what we've done is we've partnered with them. We partner with them at two critical times of the year. One is Christmas time, in which we help families provide Christmas gifts. And we give them Christmas gifts, and, and we give them also information about the gospel, and we give them gospel music, and uh, we give them gospel tracts and books and things like that, along with the Christmas gifts. But during uh, back-to-school time, which is right now, I know it feels like we're in the middle of summer, but it's School is coming up in just a couple of weeks. I hope that I'm not bumming you out, any of you who are listening, by saying that. But it's true. This is the time when we're getting ready for kids to go back to school. So we're working with Weld County Department of Human Services. And this year, they contacted our church and asked us to take on 135 at-risk kids who need, to help, who need help with school supplies, clothing, and shoes. So in the past, two, this is our third year doing it. The first year, we told them, hey, we can help with 50 and then the next year, last year, we stepped it up and we said, we're going to step out in faith and just trust God and we're going to do 100 kids. Uh, you know, and so this is quite the uh, stretch, you know, to take on that many kids and make sure that we're going to provide for them. Well, this year they contacted us and said, hey, we want you to take on 135 kids who are at risk, kids who need these items. And so we said, hey, we're, we are going to trust God. You know, 100 we did last year and we were fine, but... Uh, more than that felt like it might be a lot. But this year we said, hey, if this is what they're asking us to do, we want to do it. We want to step out in faith and trust God. And so this is a four-week project that we're doing. And we have we are in now week three out of four. This is really kind of the last week because the fourth week is when everything gets returned. But out of the original 135 kids, now we have 20 kids left who we're looking for sponsorship for. And so we have so far covered all of it within our own church congregation here at Whitefields in Longmont. But I want to reach out to those of you on the airwaves who might say, hey, I'd love to help with something like that. That sounds like a great project and a, and a good thing. We're also going to be sharing the gospel with the kids. Uh, and we have now a, a relationship with Well County Human Services where we get to go and meet some of these families sometimes and deliver these things in person. And so it's a really great opportunity uh, for us to share the gospel in a really tangible way and to reach out to people in the name of Jesus and help them. So uh, if you would like to be involved with that, here's what you can do. We had uh, last year, I, I mentioned the same project, and we did have some of our radio listeners um, 
come alongside and work with us to provide for these kids. So I figured, hey, probably there's some of you out there listening today who would love to jump on this opportunity. So here's what you do. You can just email us at info, I-N-F-O, info, at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefields with an S, whitefieldschurch.com. Or you can call our phone number as 303-775-3485, 303-775-3485. Or go to our website, whitefieldschurch.com. You can find information on there or how to contact us. And we'd love to hook you up with a, a family and a child. We have the child's name and their age and everything and exactly what they need in order to do well in school. Email us, give us that info, contact us. We'd love to get you involved and hooked up with uh, blessing these kids up here in northern Colorado in, uh, in Jesus' name. We've come to our break. We're going to be back right after the break. And uh, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie. We'll be back with you in just a few minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church uh, taking your calls and texts today. Just a quick uh Reminder that uh, for those of you in the Longmont area, we'd love to have you come and visit us at Whitefields Community Church. Come visit us. Our website is whitefieldschurch.com. You can find all the information, directions, all that good stuff on there. But if you are in Longmont, Colorado and the surrounding area, we would love to have you come visit us and study God's Word with us. We're currently studying through the Book of Romans on Sunday mornings, and we'd love to have you come and be part of what God's doing at Whitefields. So check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. Com. We meet on Sunday mornings in downtown Longmont at the St. Vrain Memorial Building, but you can find all that information, directions, all that good stuff at whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to Wesley in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Wesley. Hello. Welcome to program. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'd like to uh, start with a, a quick little background about me. That I'm 52. I grew up in a totally non-religious family, and I just became a Christian a few years ago, and uh, the Lord put me in jail for seven months so that I'd have time to read the Bible for a while because I wasn't doing it on the street. I was found not guilty, but um, I found out a lot of things, and uh, he's shown me that poverty is not a bad thing. I'm living in a homemade trailer on the Pruder River next to a family of raccoons, and I couldn't be happier if he gave me Donald Trump's mansion. I wouldn't take it. All right. Well, what can I do for you? Well, I want to pray that that, uh, the rest of the Christians in the country start to understand the things that God has shown me. But um, it's in Isaiah 10, verses 1 through 4, where he speaks about, uh, do not create unjust laws or enact uh, unjust statutes that deny the rights of my poor. I believe the rights of the poor that he's talking about is the right of any person, the right of birth, to create a home just like any other animal on the earth. Birds make nests and foxes have dens, and 
I created my own little space, but the the capitalists, they think they have to own everything. Every little square inch of land has to be owned by somebody. God doesn't want that to happen. Isaiah 5.8 says that too. Woe to those who connect house to house and join field to field. So no room is left in the land. Well, Wesley, let me uh, let me just say a few things real quick. Um, you know, capitalism aside, I don't think that capitalism is an inherently bad form of government. Um, but here, I will say that I think you're touching on something that I do think is is very important for uh, the Western Church to understand, and that is the message of the prophets. And one of the messages of the prophets was uh, that God cares very much for the weak and the vulnerable in society. And there's this thing called the Quartet of the Vulnerable. That's a term used um, used in theological circles. And um, what the Quartet of the Vulnerable refers to, it refers to four of the most vulnerable people who are mentioned in the prophetic books, so the major and minor prophets, so that would include Isaiah and kind of the last 12 books of the Bible as well, and uh, the major, you know, the other major prophets, Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. And um, you go on, and what you find is that uh, God was very upset with his people for a few things. You can see this, for example, in the book of Amos. And one of those was that they did not care for the most vulnerable people in society. And by doing that, they were not uh, representing his heart. And that was what they were called to do as his people, was to be his representatives on earth. And as Christians, that is exactly what we're called to do. We're called to be ambassadors for Christ and to uh, show people the heart of God through our actions and through our words. So the Quartet of the Vulnerable in the prophetic books included four groups of people. One of them was the poor, another was widows, then orphans, and then immigrants, interestingly enough. And so I think that there are some other groups that we could probably add to that in our day and age, people who are particularly at risk uh, in our society. And so, for example, I think you could add to that in American society, or, and, and not just American society, you could add single mothers, you know, and you could add, um, people have suge- uh, other people have suggested even the elderly. And uh, I think that that is uh, accurate. You know, a lot of times um, those people are some of the most at-risk, most vulnerable people in society. And what the people of Israel were um, chastised by God for doing was for allowing those people to be taken advantage of and not making sure that they were provided for and cared for. Now, how we go about doing that, whether that is through a government system or whether that's through church systems that provide for people in need, kind of like what we're doing uh, with our project Back to School, um, you know, that's open for discussion. So I don't think that capitalism is an inherently bad form of government, um, but... Clearly, greed is the problem, not not uh, not any particular form of government and sin. So I think you bring up a really good point about the the importance of the prophetic message, um, the uh, prophetic message about um, caring for justice is what the Bible puts it in the category of justice. Justice doesn't only mean uh, you know giving someone what they deserve. It also means uh, caring for the needs of the most vulnerable. So that is a very, very important biblical theme. And I actually would agree with you, Wesley, that that is an overlooked theme in Western society, especially by the people we might call the haves as opposed to the have-nots. So, hey, I appreciate that uh, comment. I'm going to let you go, but thank you for calling in. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. 
Do we, it looks like we have a caller who has a question about uh, Project Back to School. So uh, we patch her through. Are you there? No. Okay. Well, it sounds like someone was on the line um, asking about the price for kids going uh, in the Project Back to School project that I was just talking about a few minutes ago that our church Whitefields is a big outreach that we do every summer. What is the price for it? Well, you know, it really depends on uh, what... Um, Oh, I see. Okay, so she was calling, this caller was calling in on a different phone line, but have this question, so wanted me to talk about it on the air. Okay, so the price can differ, really. I mean, if you want to buy, uh, we, we ask that you buy nice things for the kids. That's kind of part of it. But, you know, if you go to a, a discount store and buy nice things, and you can, the price can vary if you go, you know, depending on what you buy for the kids. We have kind of a checklist. I would assume, on average, you're looking to spend about $50. Uh, to help one of these kids get set up with some school supplies. And um, and if you want to do more than that, you're more than welcome to do that. So $50 is about the average price for that. You're listening to Calvary Live. Let's go over to our text line, and we are going to uh, look at some of the texts that have come in. We have one texter uh, who asks that we pray for him. He sounds like he is having some struggles uh, with thoughts, so his thought life. He says, um, you know, pre please pray for my mind. Um, I'm having thoughts and feelings, and it feels like I'm under spiritual attack. The enemy is bringing feelings uh, that say that what I am saying, I assume about Jesus, is horrible. Uh, please pray for me to be delivered. So let's pray for this person. Heavenly Father, we pray for this brother or sister who is struggling with their thought life. And Lord, we remember that in Ephesians 6, when it talks about spiritual warfare, what it's describing is that the, the battlefield for spiritual warfare is often our minds. That the uh, enemy, Lord, you called him the father of lies, um, that he lies to us. He says things to us that are not true, whispers lies in our ear, so to say. And, um, and we need to take up the spiritual armor so that we can stand against those spiritual attacks that are often um, wielded against our minds and the thought life that we have. So Lord, I pray for this brother or sister here on the, on the text line who's texted in having a hard time here. Lord, I pray that you would equip them with everything that they need. Lord, I believe that you have already given them what they need to withstand, but I pray that they would take it up. I pray that they would understand that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Lord, I pray that they would take up the whole armor of God, that they would be able to withstand in those evil times and to stand firm, having done all. I pray that they would put on the belt of truth, your truth, Lord, have that breastplate of righteousness, the truth that you have made them righteous and that protects their hearts, the shoes uh, of readiness for the gospel of peace, and Lord, the shield of faith with which they are able to extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. That they would, I pray that this person would take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit and that they would pray in the Spirit uh, with all prayer and supplication. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen this person in these temptations. I pray that you would bind the enemy in their life and how he's twisting thoughts. And Lord, that you would, you would be the one who overcomes and delivers this friend who's texted in. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We've gotten several other uh, texts that have come in in the meantime, so let's go ahead and look at some of these. Uh, one person asks, what is your opinion about the Hebrew Roots Movement, and is it okay to study, or should we stay away from it? Well, the Hebrew Roots Movement is 
is diverse, so it's a little bit difficult to um, to make really blanket statements about it. But I'll kind of give you some things that make me cautious about the Hebrew Roots Movement and uh, some things that I take issue with. But as I say that, I do want to also emphasize that with that, not everybody who is involved in that, uh, under that umbrella of Hebrew Roots Movement, believes all of these things that I'm going to mention. So as I said, it, there's some diversity within this, but I'll just give you a couple uh, main points that are of issue to me. So the main premise of the Hebrew Roots Movement is the belief that the church has veered away from the true teachings and the Hebrew concepts of the Bible. And so what the movement believes is that Christianity has been kind of indoctrinated with the culture and beliefs of Greek and Roman philosophy, and that uh, ultimately biblical Christianity that's taught in many cr churches today has been corrupted with uh, paganism, which has come in through Greek philosophy and Roman philosophy. And they would say that that even affects many of the things that are written in the New Testament, it affects the way that we also have understood, for example, the writings of the Apostle Paul particularly. One of their um, teachings is that a couple really big things. One of them is uh, a lot of them, again, this is not all, but a lot of them believe that the New Testament was actually written in Hebrew, or at least much of the New Testament was written in Hebrew and then later translated into Greek, and that what we have is translated into Greek and is unreliable and has been corrupted to a degree. And I, I think that's just plain not true. Um, there are, there's no evidence of Hebrew New Testament um, out there. Um, it's very clear that the Bible was written in, in Greek and one of the, uh, the New Testament was written in Greek. And one of the reasons that was so important is that the New Testament church, the early church was a missionary church. They lived in an empire where Hebrew was really a minority language spoken by a very small group of people, but Greek was a majority language, it was the trade language, kind of like English is today in many ways in many parts of the world. And so they wrote and they preached in Greek because people would understand them. They, were, they viewed themselves as people who are sent on mission by God, and that's why they used Greek. And I think one of the greatest examples of this is the Apostle John. So if you read especially John's epistles, like so 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, uh, towards the end of the New Testament, um, when I was in seminary, we, they would have us, that's how we learned Greek, you know, we would learn Greek, and then they have you do a lot of work in the, the, the letters of John, the epistles of John. The reason is because they're so simple, they, they use such a simple Greek, and the main theory behind why they're so simple is because they believe that John was writing in a language which was not his first language. He was writing in a second language. Now, he was proficient in it, but you could tell that he's not as fluent as someone like Paul who lived in the uh, Roman Empire in a Greek-speaking community. Although he spoke Hebrew as probably his mother tongue, uh, he was very proficient in Greek. Now, John, having grown up in Israel, would not have been as proficient in Greek, but he knew it. But the point is that he wrote in a language which was not his primary language. Why? Because he had a missionary heart. So that whole idea of, you know, the original Hebrew language New Testament and, and kind of calling into question the uh, New Testament and its, uh, un its reliability, I think, is, is very flawed, not only historically, but also it, it leads to flawed thinking about the, about the Bible. So that is one, um, one issue I have with it. Another issue is that, uh, they, so those in the Hebrew roots uh, movement, they believe that the, the teachings, they, well, they believe that Jesus' death on the cross did not end the Mosaic Covenant, 
but renewed the Mosaic Covenant and expanded it and wrote it on the hearts of his true followers. Now, I don't actually disagree with that. I think the, the New Testament's very clear that what we have in Christianity is not the it's not really a new religion, but it's the fulfillment of everything that God had been doing. So every, everything that came in the Bible um, was fulfilled in Jesus. He fulfilled all of it, and, um, and, and therefore there's that. So, so one of the other things that they say in, in line with this idea that there's this kind of continuation is that they'll often say that we have misread the New Testament, and that, for example, in the Middle Ages, there was a lot of talk about, you know, kind of a judicial understanding of justification and righteousness that kind of pitted justification in Christ against keeping the law. And I, I this is where I have a point of disagreement with them. I think that that comes from, that that theology, right, that we are justified in Christ apart from the works of the law is not only found in the New Testament, um, it's it's very, very clearly found in the New Testament. In fact, not only is it found in the New Testament, it's also found in the Old Testament. And I could give you some examples of that as well. But I think that's a very, very important point where we differ. So they would say, basically at the end of the day, they would say, many of them, and again, I, I as I said before, I don't think you can put everybody in the same box because there's some diversity in the group. But at the end of the day, they're saying that we are saved by what Jesus did and by keeping the law or we're made right with God by doing by what Jesus did for us and by keeping the law whereas um as of course Jesus in the New Testament and and biblical Christianity would say no we are we are saved completely apart from the law think about Romans 4 Abraham was justified completely apart from circumcision uh the people of Israel for example were saved and rescued by God as a prototype of the salvation that we have in Jesus before they received the law at Mount Sinai not uh they didn't have to keep the law as a prerequisite for being saved. I hope that makes sense. Um, so these are very important points. And, and really, as we were talking about before with the one of the earlier callers asking about primary and secondary doctrines, I would say that how we are saved, whether it's saved by our works plus what Jesus did, or whether we're saved by just what Jesus did, and our works are a response to that, I would say that is absolutely a primary issue. Uh, it's a hill worth dying on. It is one of those things where we say, okay, this is where we're saying that that is not the gospel. So again, uh, there are some people in that movement, a Hebrews Roots movement, who would not uh, believe that we're saved by works and by Jesus, but just by Jesus alone. It's it's a diverse movement. So I hope that answers some questions in that uh, vein. And I'm sure that there are some of you listening who would uh, have some responses to some things I've said. We've got 12 minutes left in the show, and I welcome you to call in. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897 is the text number. Or call us. 12 minutes left in the show. 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. It's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to some of my uh, other text messages that have come in. This person says, um, "Pastor, would you believe that a a pastor candidate saying that in the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter eighteen, Jesus was saying that each type of soil is believers' different level of understanding." 
is this a primary doctrine or a secondary doctrine? And would this person be a wolf or a false preacher? Thank you. So let's go to Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to turn there. And uh, let's look at this parable and see what is he talking about. So Matthew 18. Uh, I think that you might have the address wrong on that. But um, uh, let's just talk about the parable of the different soils. I don't believe it's found in Matthew 18 actually. So unless you're talking about a different parable, um, then please text me and let me know. But otherwise, let's talk about the, the parable of the different soils. So uh, Jesus tells a parable in which uh, there's a person who plants good seed in different types of soil. So the first soil is very hard soil, and the seed never penetrates the soil. It just bounces off, and then it is eaten by the birds of the air who come down and steal it. Then he talks about the um, the soil which receives it, and it springs up very, very quickly, almost unnaturally quickly, and then it's um, burned up by the sun because it doesn't put down roots deep enough. Then a third type of soil is the one that falls up, uh, near weeds, and it, it springs up, but it gets choked out by the weeds. And then the fourth type of soil is the one that falls in good soil, and it grows up and puts down roots and bears much good fruit. And, you know, what's interesting about that parable is that we don't actually have to speculate about what the parable is about because Jesus himself told us what the parable is about. He actually gives us uh, the example of, or he gives us the explanation because he tell, it tells us that um, his disciples asked him for the uh, definition and he gave it to him. So that's actually found in Matthew chapter 13 is the parable of the sower. And so um, here's here's what he said. Um, well, what does it mean? And then he explains it to him. And this is Matthew chapter 13, starting verse 18. He says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. Someone who hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what's sown in their heart. So the birds of the air represent the evil one, the enemy, Satan, coming and snatching away what was sown in their heart because they it didn't penetrate them. It didn't penetrate into their heart and take root. So then he says, the second seed that falls on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word, receives it with joy. This would be what we call in our vernacular a uh, flash in the pan. Sometimes I, I know this is true for me. When I see uh, somebody who, you know, responds and it's almost like, wow, that was like, they need to count the cost. Like they need to actually think about this a little bit more before they, you know, they get really excited, a big flash in the pan. Hey, that was the greatest thing I've ever heard. Hey, uh, yes, I want to be all in right now all the time. Sometimes that's awesome, but sometimes you got to watch out with that because that person needs to take the time, like Jesus said, to count the cost of discipleship. And they need to, to really think about uh, what it is that they're getting themselves into Make sure that they understand the gospel and, and take their time. Put down their roots. Um, and you, So I'm wary of those flash-in-the-pan people like Jesus is talking about. This, the one that falls on the rocky ground, never puts down roots, grows up really fast, and then gets burned up by the heat of the sun. Then he talks about the seed that falls among the thorns as someone whose uh, faith, they're growing, but it gets, their, their faith gets choked out by the cares of this world. The cares of this world, that's definitely something that we need to be aware of. It says the deceitfulness of wealth and the worries of this world. Those are the two things he mentions specifically. And then finally, he says the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it and produces a good crop. So regarding your question, 
dear texter, who asked if this is a bad explanation. So apparently there's a pastoral candidate at some church that this person goes to, and they said this was their explanation of the parable of the sower. They said it refers to different levels of understanding. Well, clearly, uh, two of those soil types do refer to understanding. The first one specifically says the hard heart refers to a person who does not understand it. And the person, the fourth one, the good soil, also refers to a person who um, who understands the word. So there, there's the two extremes, the person who doesn't understand it and the person who does understand it. But it seems that in between there, there are different maybe levels of understanding where a person does understand it, but yet it doesn't sink into their hearts. So I would say definitely with those two in the middle, it's referring to a heart issue, not just an understanding issue. Now, your question, is this heresy or uh, would this person be called a wolf or a false preacher? I would not call this person a wolf or a false teacher. I think that there definitely are wolves and false teachers out there and we should be uh, very cautious about them and we should take all precautions to guard the flock against them. But this person just sounds like he needs to do a little bit of inductive Bible study, honestly. Uh, this just sounds like a lack of study and understanding and nuance about the scriptures because, as I said, with this particular parable, there isn't a lot of speculation to be done. Jesus already told us what it means. So anyway, I don't think this person is dangerous. I don't think that they are uh, failing any primary area here. I think this is uh, just a matter of they need to go back and study the scriptures a little bit better. So I hope that answers your question, and God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. There, the, you are, we are coming up on the last five minutes of the show. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. My name is Pastor Nick Cady, and I'm from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Let's go. Uh, we've got another. Let's see. We had someone who called in. Uh, he didn't want to go on the radio, but he wanted prayer. So let's pray for this person. His name is Ray, and he's having a difficult time in his marriage. He wants to be a better husband to his wife, and he wants God to guide him to be a better person and husband. Hey, Ray, I just got to tell you, I think that that is a very noble prayer request and I'm very happy to pray for you and you know what else I'm going to guess that there's a lot of other people who are listening right now who can relate to uh, the things you're going through so let's pray for you and for other people who are going through those exact same things Heavenly Father we pray for Ray uh, Lord our hearts break we know that your heart breaks to, to see that he's having a difficult time in his marriage Lord we we are flawed people we are sinners uh, by nature and we we hurt ourselves we sin against people and we sin against you and we know that we sin against the ones that we love even and so we know that that causes damage and as much as it breaks our hearts that it causes damage it's the truth and so Lord I pray for Ray and I pray for other people who are in similar situations they have caused destruction in their marriage through through bad choices and they're mourning that they're sorrowful about it but they want uh, your redemption in their relationships. So, Lord, we pray for that. We pray that you would bring redemption into broken marriages. Lord, we pray for Ray that he, by your power, not just by mustering it in himself, uh, but by your power within him, by your spirit within him, Lord, that you would enable him and empower him to be the husband that you've called him to be to his wife. Lord, we pray that you would enable him and empower him by your spirit, by transforming him from who he is into the image of Jesus. 
And Lord, your word says in uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he writes that the way that we are transformed is by beholding Jesus. That it's as we behold him that we are transformed from glory into greater glory. And so my prayer request, or my prayer for Ray and my prayer for other people like Ray who are saying, I'm not the man or woman that I want to be, that I know that I should be. Lord, I pray that they would look to you, that they would behold you, Jesus, that they would have their eyes fixed on the gospel. Lord, that they would be hearing the gospel, reading the gospel, preaching the gospel to their own hearts, the message, Lord, that we are flawed beyond what we, we, we even realize, but we are more loved than we could ever dare to imagine. And that we look to the cross, we see the proof of your love for us. Lord, I pray that as Ray does that, as other listeners do that, Lord, that we would be filled with a sense of humility in who we are, knowing that we are sinners, and a sense of confidence, knowing that we are beloved by God, that we are not considered oh, that you have taken us who are, who are enemies and you have made us friends and and you've made us family so lord thank you for the amazing promise of the gospel and i pray that as ray and others of us uh, consider that day in and day out lord you would be transforming us from glory to greater glory into the image of jesus so lord i ask for restoration and healing in broken marriages in jesus name amen We've come up on the last minute of our show. You've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I am with you every Monday, so I'm going to be with you again uh, next Monday. Always a privilege and a pleasure to take your calls on the air. Um, one person, just a text here. One person asked, is there a way to donate online for these things if they can't drop them off? Yes, there is. Whitefieldschurch.com. And you can just click on the Give section and look for Project Back to School. God bless you. I'll be with you again next Monday. And you can tune in every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. for Calvary Live. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.